Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the man whose fart was heard around the world, the big freaking cannoli, and who's also a very happy man because mama came home today so he don't have to make no more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. What's up? That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the extent of my cooking. Uh, hey, you kids want peanut butter and jelly for dinner again? We had that for breakfast and dinner last night. Hey, it's good for you. Today it's grape jelly. Yesterday it was strawberry. You know, I'm a big fan of strawberry jelly. Just saying. You know, I'm not judging anything, bro. Yeah, I like the strawberry with the chunks. With the chunks? The chunks strawberry. You know, mm. you know, I don't like jellified spread. If it says fruit spread on it, I, I avoid it. Deny. Don't want it. Reject. Well, you Gotta know. Gotta be fruit. Um, what I usually do, I usually get peanut butter, put it in a bowl jelly put it in a bowl and then i mix it i do a pre-mix before i spread it on my shit bro what's up dude what's with that dude that is styling that's like i chef don't even stuff. mix like if i put cream in my coffee i don't even mix it what or milk in my oatmeal i don't mix it i just i like that that free flow of energy oh oh the free flow well dude you should have yeah. said that in the first place the same thing with peanut butter and jelly peanut butter swath on one piece of bread chunky strawberry jelly on the other and put them together Whoa. and you're ready to go. I like to take a bite in and take a bite. And then, you know, you know, in the chunk, it just comes out stuck in your, it's in your teeth and it just pulls out out of that, that peanut butter wad dangles, slaps you on the chin a little bit. So Scott reminds me of a video you sent me today. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, I actually contemplated playing that. Oh, dude. Well, well, there's, you don't really see anything. No, it was but, one of those shock videos. You know what I'm saying? That that's folks. Rock sent, Rocky sent me this video today. That dude needs Jesus, bro. So tell me, Rocky, where'd you find that video, dude? I got some pretty weird friends that are super cool people, and they send me some really weird shit. Oh, you too, dude. I love. Well, I always forward them to you because we're a team, dude. You know what I'm saying? That's right. He goes, Scott, you got to see this, and I'm like, oh, oh, I kind of like that. Ah, oh no, I don't like that anymore. What do they call that? <laughs> Bestiality. That's bestiality. Dude, that's serious bestiality. That's not even spooning yeah. with the dog. That's like getting butt railed by a pig. And I just want to ask, <laughs> the, 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 the pig did not seem to mind what he was doing. But the guy was screaming. I didn't know if the guy was screaming because he was enjoying it or because he was. Dude, was pain. the pig holding his shoulders? It, it almost looked like it. The pig's standing on his back. Dude. And <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Folks, we can't tell you what this video is. <laughs> no, but All you get the idea. Is that it was shocking. You know, um, <laughs> you know, Scotty, something we talked about here on the show for numerous years is the misguidance of polls. This isn't going to be our topic. Yeah. I just wanted to throw this out here really quick. Uh, I saw a poll this morning on Fox. It was from Fox. And it says that, you know, they're talking about how many more and more like 51% of people now uh, support. I saw that. I think I saw that same graphic. Yeah. So it was on the local, local Fox news. Yeah. So what you do is you scroll all the way down. Sometimes it takes a half mile down to get to the bottom of the article because they put so much confusing information in there. Most people don't make it past the first two or three paragraphs, let alone the headline, right? This poll that represented 51% Americans was only polled by a thousand people, thousand people. And then when there's 364 million people in America, now, how many people did we have vote in the last election? Like 120 million or something? Wasn't like 
60 million to 63 million yeah, was not even half, not even half the country bro yeah but if you just take the adults take uh um, um 120 million and a thousand out of that what's that percentage point like one or uh, 1.6 million is is uh or 1.2 million would be 10 percent mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, 100 and mm-hmm. 102 120 thousand if i'm doing that right in my head 120,000 would be 1%. Oh, so we're at so, zero, so bro. A thousand, one person. What, what's what's 1% of a thousand, uh, uh, 1,200? It's something like that. 0.00012. That is not representative of the country. Hell no, it's not, dude. No, but That's you know, this is all that this said is people that were for the impeachment now. Mm-hmm. It's like 89% Democrats. 39% Republic, uh, undecideds or independents and like 13% Republicans. Right, right. Well, this is the problem with the mis... There again, here we go again, Roberts. The misrepresentation of information. Um, yep. I, I truly believe that. I, I don't... You know, they should put in the headline, out of a 1,000 people polled, this percentage out of a 1,000 people believe this, you know? Instead of burying that bullshit away somewhere, you know, way at the end of that article, knowing that people don't read the whole article. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately, what are you doing, bro? Roberts. Where'd Roberts go? You can't hear me? Oh, I hear you now. 120 million is 1,200,000. Okay, 1%, uh, 1%. Of 120 million, which was about the number of voters mm-hmm. in the last presidential election, is 1,200,000. So a thousand would be what? I'm just I'm just asking because I don't do math. Dude, are you really using Siri to do your shit, bro? What is 1,000 of 120 million in percentages? Oh, dude, that's a complicated way to ask. It's directing me to the web. Let me try one more thing. 1,000 is what percentage of 120 million? It's like 0.00083%. Oh, that's pretty up there, bro. What's up? Yeah, it's higher than I thought. Why can't you see? And see, all I did was I muted you, and I was just going to go do that while you were talking. Dude, and then you, you freaked like, me Where'd out. Where'd you go? Yeah, you freaked me out. I'm like, oh, did I lose connection? So I put my finger up. I was like, hold on. I didn't see your finger, bro. Let me see that finger again. You weren't paying attention. See, I went went like this one. Hold on. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. How can you sidetrack the topic on such a banal? I can't believe you go off like that. I did, bro. I did. That's (laughs) what I do. That's what I do. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the land of global warming. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to get some snow this weekend. North Dakota is going to get up to 12 inches of snow. Hey, you know what? I took a little shit yesterday, Roberts. I did a little video, um, you know, showing everybody my Christmas. I saw that. I saw that. People get a little triggered on that. You know, I'm just saying, I just, you guys, if you love me, you're going to have to put up with me talking about Christmas because I love the holidays. What's up? Yeah, me too. Thank you, Robert. Damn, I was starting to worry. You know, there. well, I was waiting for the face to wear off there. Oh, thanks. Uh, you know, the the only thing I run into all year long, I go, I should be picking up a couple things for the kids for Christmas, you know, and uh, in ever invariably every year, 
Uh, December is usually my slow, one of my slower months in my business. And so every year it's like you're scrambling at the last minute going, oh, my budget's a little more limited this month. And I didn't pick that thing up two months ago like I should have. Uh, and it's not that Christmas is just buying gifts, but, you know, especially for the kids, we like to get them nice stuff. So I'm watching the video I posted on Facebook of you farting. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah? you really put a lot of effort in that face look, bro. I did. I said, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, bruh. <laughs> oh, here we go. See, it's kind of like this. You have to, when you're talking and if you reach for your mute button, you can kind of go, you know, and you let her go. But usually without the facial expression. That's pretty good stuff, Robert. Or you try to look, look, look at this. You try to maintain your shoulders squared up. So if I've got to lift a cheek to fart while we're on air, I do it like this. You go and you you, you hit the mute button. And then you go. Wow, dude, that was impressive, bro. See, see, you wouldn't have even known. Dude, are you still downloading? No, I turned it off. Okay. Hey, uh, what's this I just seen come across my timeline here? Two men with ties to Giuliani arrested on campaign finance charges. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what? If we investigated every single politician in our government, I guarantee you we'll find shit on every single one of them are doing something nasty. And here's another thing, too. You know what? Let's let's change some shit up here a little bit, Roberts. Everybody's so worried about Donald Trump's taxes. They're so worried about Donald Trump. Why don't we just do this? Why don't we just make it a rule that if you want to be in Congress, all your information goes public? including all of your taxes. I want to see Pelosi's taxes. I want to see um, uh, Biden's taxes. I want to see Obama's taxes. I want to see how much money these people claim to have made and how much money that they have profited off of being a, a, a public servant. So if they want to have, you know, let's just do this, guy. Let's just open the freaking Pandora's box. Let's see all of theirs. Sure. Let's investigate all of them. Let's hold them to the same standards they hold the American people to. Let's let them have the same benefits that we have. You know, let's let them live the lifestyles that we have. And you know what? It, what would happen in politics if we took special interest out? What would happen in politics if we took out the corporations from manipulating our politicians? Do you think that'll change the ways that they create and write policies? Um, probably to a certain extent. Well, there's no motive. They're not working for the man then. Yeah. You know, they're working back for the people. So yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and here's the thing too. Why don't we uh also and this is basically what you're saying, but just to color it a little bit better. Um, let's uh for the next presidential election, every candidate has to reveal all their taxes for the last eight years. Uh, let's say, uh, and from now on, every member of Congress has to do the same thing if they're running. I wonder how many duplicate sets of books would be out there. Dude, you know, you'd probably notice a rise in Italians running for office. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying, what's up? Yeah, that's right. Trump that's denied, right. Trump denied $5 billion for the wall, but 2020 Democrats health plan for illegals cost 20 billion dollars there you go i'm just kind of scrolling through dude i you know it's friday i'm just i'm not really mentally organized right now you know yeah i don't even care um well what's what's the other new thing i saw today just as a snippet um well first of all there's somebody we both know uh who put up a post about uh uh trump's appeal in court turned down to uh keep his uh private finances private 
And uh, so his appeal was turned down in court and this person dancing a jig over it. And I'm like, so somebody else I know who's fairly conservative, very smart, common sense thinker. Let's name him Ron Mansoor out of uh, yeah, no, Ron. Uh, out of New Mexico. Yeah. He said, OK, so you're OK with the precedent being set then that all American citizens now, based on this precedent alone, uh, will no longer be able to to have their private financial information remain private because the precedent is now being set in the law that uh, the guy running for president has no privacy over his over his private finances. And so uh, I haven't seen an answer to that one yet, but that's a good point. If you want to set a precedent that you can no longer keep your information, your tax information or your private finances private, why do you think there's not a law requiring you to do that when you run for president? Because that would be inviolate of the Constitution. That would be violating your privacy rights. So that's out there this morning. You know, I'm interested. You know what I wanted to do? I actually, we should have tried to get Audrey to come on today. Um, Yeah. I wanted to, what the hell is um, the California's preemptive blackouts um, where they're going to be cutting power? Is that strictly just because of wildfires? Is it it wildfires or is it uh, because their resources are tight? Um, creating power. I don't know exactly. I'd have to look into it. Well, it says here on midnight on Wednesday, California's largest utility began cutting off power to customers across the northern part of the state. The rolling blackout came with just a day's warning as intense fire weather is expected oh. to whip up across the region. Um, so I, I was know. talking about this last last yesterday with a friend, and um, we were talking about California blackout, and I didn't know a lot about it. And do we started comparing this shit to North Korea, you know, where... Like I said, because I didn't know really a lot about what the blackout thing was for. I just knew that there was going to be like 1 million plus people that were going to lose power. And um, because they were telling people with Teslas to make sure they charge their Tesla before they shut the power down. Um, dude, there's another thing when you think about it. If we go all electrical and we have a power powder, a power outage, dude, if we have an electric car, we're screwed. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Well, your, your car your car will be screwed until you run out of battery. Now, I was driving a Tesla last year and uh, get about 250 miles per uh, charge. And so that's good if you're just running around town for a bit. Uh, but what if you got to plug that ourselves. car in? Well, sorry about like, that. I- sorry about that. I got something. Hey, what about, yeah. What about this thing about uh, um, USC? What? University of Southern California. Ooh, what's up, bro? What's up? Uh, a long-standing exhibit honoring former University of Southern California student John Wayne, famous movie star, should be taken down, according to the student activists at the school. The legendary Hollywood actor who attended the school in the late 1920s, under his birth name Marion Morrison, has had a collection of movie posters, memorabilia, awards personal correspondence on display at the school since 2012. He died in 1979. And the students at the school have cited what they claim were John Wayne's legacy of endorsing white supremacy and the removal of indigenous people as their reasons for wanting the exhibit removed. Now, of course, they're hailing to some of his movie roles. Well, just out of curiosity, okay, so that's a movie role. I mean, if we wanted to play that pathetic game, there's a lot of people we can go after right now, but if we're going to go after somebody because of what they believed is white supremacist, 
Wouldn't we be going after half the Democratic Party as well? Oh, hell yeah. So now, also according to this, by the way, there was John Wayne had a controversial 1971. We're talking 48 years ago, uh, almost 50 years ago, interview with Playboy magazine. And remarks from that interview have now resurfaced. He was known as an arch conservative, a dedicated anti-communist who backed the Vietnam War and generally was against the, the counterculture of the times. Uh, he called the films Easy Rider and Midnight Cowboy perverted films. He also attacked African-American political leaders of the time. This is a quote from him. With a lot of blacks, there's quite a bit of resentment along with their descent, and possibly rightfully so, Wayne said. But we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. Ooh. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Ooh. Now, that was a quote of his 50 years ago. <clears throat> and he was, of course, speaking about uh, some of the leaders in the black movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, further, uh, his career included numerous Westerns including considered one of the greatest films of all time uh, by uh, Spielberg, even said this was, was one of the, uh, what he felt was one of the absolute perfect movies ever made. And one of the greatest films of all time was The Searchers. If you ever want to see a good John Wayne movie, get The Searchers. And uh, he said we didn't feel, uh, did, he didn't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from Native Americans. If that's what you're asking, our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a matter of survival. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were self selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Oh, I disagree with them big time on this. Oh, now here's the question. Uh, the John Wayne exhibit produced debate within the School of Cinematic Arts for diversity and the Council for Diversity and Inclusion with some students asking for the exhibit to be removed. And last Friday's demonstration of activism brings to the foreground questions about how to deal with historical artifacts and the legacies of racism associated with iconic aspects of the film industry. Now, my, my first take on this, Rocky, this isn't a legacy to white supremacy or racism. It's a legacy to the man. Um, secondarily, say if somebody wants to say it's to racism and white supremacy, maybe because of some of the things he said. Um, so what do you think? Should well, you know, let's, let's not, okay. Let's put the whole statue thing aside for a second because, yeah. you know, I got a big problem with taking away history, but, uh, the whole indigenous thing he said was pretty rough, dude. That was, that was pretty harsh. That is harsh. And I, I would disagree with him vehemently, Yeah, but I'd also, not want to take a single statement anybody makes right. and say this contextually is everything this man believed. Uh, but I guess it's well known. You know, there are a lot of conservative thinkers out there, and there's even non-conservative thinkers out there who probably agreed with him. Well, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people over the years say uh, the, uh, the Native Americans being moved off their land, well, you know, we, they're a conquered people. And that's the history of the human race. So and, what's the difference between what we're referring to right now with Native Americans? And, and part of his statement was right. It, European, Europeaners 
they were in survival mode. They, they, you sure. know, what we can, we can do a four hour show on that, but what's the difference in reference to the native American situation to let's just say what Erdogan is doing right now, uh, in Syria by trying to eliminate the Kurds. I mean, that it's not genocide, but it is a conquering of land. He is trying to conquer land that is not his because what he's trying to do is create an area for the three point some million uh, Syrian refugees he has. But in order to do so, he needs to eliminate human lives to do it. Or, you know, we can reference any kind of war where another country goes in and conquers another country. What's the difference between his reference towards Native Americans in and in, in comparable to what we're witnessing today, let's say in Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Turkey. Uh, is there a difference? Is it a different time, a different war, a different cause? First thing I would say is if you need to kill people, commit genocide, clear them off of their land in order to make room for the people you need room for, well, you're looking in the wrong place because somebody already lives there. Uh, and you don't go killing people to take their land so you can put your people or your refugees somewhere else. Well, how do we compare that with Israel then when Israel became a, a state in, what, 1947 or something like that? Yeah, they pushed people off of the land that yeah. they claimed. Yeah. Uh, you can't, really. You can't differentiate. And so, um, except I know over in Israel, with Israel and Palestine, there's a whole hell of a lot of room out there. What did Israel do? They came in and they they claimed a piece of dust bowl dirt mm -hmm. sand right. and turned it into something. Well, I wouldn't say a piece of dust bowl dirt sand. I mean, there's a lot of biblical history, you know, Jerusalem, <clears throat> Israel area, and I'm talking. I'm being very myopic yep, yep. with that. The, the physical geography of the place. Right. right. Uh, what was point. the gross national product of the land of Canaan, what we now call Palestine, prior to Israel resettling there in the early I don't know, bro, pineapples? I don't know. Sand. Dude, sand works. We need sandbags when we have floods, man. Yeah, but we get that locally. Do they grow it? Uh, yeah, I, th I guess. But so they came in and they started building the kibbutzes in Israel. Oh, uh, before it was Israel. And the farming communes of uh, Jews that were going back to the, the Zionists. Right. They had the big farming communities. They started reclaiming, irrigating, reclaiming the land. Um, they weren't making a state out of it. Well, this is, this is interesting. This is interesting um, because so when we go back during the World War II era, you're right. You know, the, the Jews were displaced. Um, a lot of them literally scattered throughout the world, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we look at the situation with the Kurds right now, and I think we slightly touched this yesterday that originally, I think with Daddy Bush, they were promised their own state called Kurdistan, um, never getting it. So now the Kurds are spread within five different countries within the Middle East, five or six different countries. I believe it's five. And, um, you know, will there be a time that it'll be negotiated a specific plot of land for the Kurds as well? Or are the Sufis, are the uh, Shiites, are all these Islamic tribes that can't stand the Kurds going to try to commit genocide or try to eliminate Kurds in, in you know, and all around, whatever. That was dumb, but whatever. No, no, that no, wasn't dumb. I get it, and I don't know the answer to that. Uh, all I know, <sighs> I have to keep bringing it back to the Native American issue because mm -hmm. that hits on things that I know of. Mm -hmm. um, I have to look at Israel-Palestine. 
and say, is that comparable? Uh, I go back historically to the Highland Scots in the middle 1700s, who the whole clan system was shut down when the British uh, general, Lord, uh, Lord Cumberland, defeated them at Culloden Moor outside of Loch Ness, Inverness. And uh, the clan system was shut down forever. The Highland clearances after they cleared all the clans out of the Highlands. It was illegal to speak Gaelic. It was illegal to wear a kilt or your clan tartan, your colors. Um, and uh, until the king a few years later said, let's, let's use all this manpower we're bringing down into the lowlands. They had all these Highland refugees, and they started the, uh, the, the Highland regiments in the military. And some of these clan chieftains took their money, and they started their regiments. And uh, they had kind of a system of clan governance that fell under the auspices of the British Army. And so, you, totally different topic, but it links into that for me as well. The, the clan clearances, uh, the, the execution if you spoke your own language, Gaelic. Um, you could be killed on the spot for that. Do you know, by the way, there was a law in Edinburgh, in the early 1700s that said a Highlander or anybody, they put it, they had, uh, if you will, gun, gun control laws in the city of Edinburgh. And they were actually weapons control laws. You could not enter. We went over on time, brother. Oh. I am slacking, brother. It is literally the bottom of the hour, folks. Do not wow. go anywhere. We will be right back. Stand by. <laughs> Yes, folks, you can go ahead and hate Mr. Unprofessional, the Emotional Meatball, the godfather of talk radio. I went a minute over on the last segment because I'm sitting here trying to pull up all this research while Scotty was talking. I look at her clock and boom. I you know, that's why Rocky lets me just go on sometimes because he's, uh, he's listening with one ear and he's looking up research with the other. And producing with my nose, bro. That's it. Yeah, only you can do that. Only I can do that. Ladies and gentlemen, this segment is brought to you by Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. Go to kickassbeefjerky.com, use code word MEATBALL, all lowercase, of course, and get 10% off all of your beef jerky items. And, of course, don't forget to visit our website, streamingtalkradio.com. Find all the information you need for the big cannoli and for the meatball and our family that we have there at streamingtalkradio.com. Video links, podcast links. And Facebook links, Twitter links, all the links that you need to be linked up with us linkers. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I link you. I link you too, Roberts. Eh, how about that? Bring it in, bro. Group hugs. Yeah, come on. Damn. But you, you know what I was saying was that I have an argument for understanding what happened to the Native Americans. Sure. Sure. But then I look at Israel and I thought I had a pretty good argument for why Israel is doing what they're doing. They came in and they reclaimed land that was one of the just, only one of the justifications, not the only one, I said, is that they took back what they believed was ancestral land to the Jews, 
And it was not land being produced. It was not being productive. There was nothing being done there. Um, it was a dust bowl. And they reclaimed it and they made something out of it. Well, if that were the only reason, you could go back and say, well, what did the Native American peoples do with their land? They were semi-nomadic. Um, did they do anything? Did the Native American culture have a gross national product? Uh, they did some local agricultural work. They didn't have big farms. They fed themselves. But it, uh, is, it, is it always about that, though, Roberts? Is no, it's it, not. You know, that, that's the thing. It's not. Because, uh, um, and that's what made me think about that, was that in Palestine, where Israel took over, there was no gross national product there. But I'm sure some of those people, as we've seen, obviously, over the decades, had their own national pride. And it wasn't really a country. It was a region. Mm -hmm. Same with the what is now the United States over the American West. It was a region, not a nation, with a bunch of independent uh, Native American nations inside that. And could they say that oh, I th I'm very pretty sure what the U.S. government was doing was saying there's nothing being done with that land. We'll take it. We can put settlers on it. We can do this. We can do that. We need to put a railroad through there and so on, whatever. The Indians were like, uh-uh, our land. Right. Um, and then we have like what I told you, it leads to things like their most sacred mountain being turned into what is now Mount Rushmore. Dude, I couldn't believe that, man. That was that that punched me in the jaw when he told me that. It just it's it's, a, it's so how is that different? And this is a question I'd like to examine and come up with a reasoned answer and hopefully not one that's just looking to support my my belief on something. Mm -hmm. But why is Israel different? Why do we consider Israel to be different? Um, uh, the Gaza Strip, places like that, driving people out of that area, uh, driving the Palestines. Well, well, here's the thing is that they also didn't drive them all out. They were welcome to be part of Israel. Israel was just redeclaring that nation theirs, that region. Yeah, it's and not like there's signs all the way around Israel that says no Muslims allowed. Yeah, uh, half the population in Israel is Muslim. And uh, well, it's off the top of my head. Well, you know, another thing we need to consider while you're saying this, Roberts, is that the reason Israel has the security levels that they have today is because every single day there's missiles being shot into Israel or suicide bombers that are trying to actually get into Israel to blow some shit up, bro. What's up? Right, right. Uh, it was a few years ago when we were talking about this, uh, and we talked about it in the old Situation Room, stuff like But I remember having online debates with people who were talking about not our president, not our country, but talking about world affairs and talking about how Palestine, you know, is being attacked and terrorized by Israel. And I said, it seems to me, I said, when you look at the numbers and I called up the numbers, I said, Israel in the last, uh, like, I think at that point was like four months, has had something like over over 15,000 rockets fired into it from Palestine. There's actually an app that you can get that you will get notifications every time a rocket is shot off in Israel. There you go. An app. And, uh, an app. All Israel was doing was defending its its right to exist. You know, here's a perfect example in, in your defense towards this individual about numbers and statistics. Yeah. I was listening to this talk show on the way home uh, last night, and it was about climate activism because people, dude, there's this dude that super glued his shit 
to a wing of an airplane to combat global freaking warming. No kidding, dude. I'm telling you right I wonder, now. No wonder it's going to snow this weekend. Ser- Ooh, good point. I never thought about that, bro. <laughs> never made that connection, did you? No, but what this, what this professor was saying, and he's from Canada, uh, he was saying that, and he's he's about climate change, dude. He's not a denier. He's he's for it. He he wants to fight it. But his 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 grievance with these protesters are is know your facts, know your information before you protest. Because he walked up to a protest and started asking these protesters, one, what is this city doing to contribute to global warming? And two, his question was, what is this city doing right now to combat it? Because he had a whole list of things that the city already did differently to be a part of the fix, right? Be a part of the fix. But he said not one of these protesters, not knew, they did not know one statistic, not one fact, <laughs> not one thing the, the city was doing to combat global warming already, you know, just by doing whatever they got to do to fix it. Um, so, you know, there's a thing, and this is what we seem to be up against all the time. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm not an academic in anything. I try to let common sense steer my direction in this life. And, uh, common sense tells me one thing right now is that most of the people that are protesting, whether it be against Trump, whether it be for black lives matter, whether it be for global warming, no matter what it may be, I can almost rush to sure without knowing actual statistics that the majority of those people don't have a damn clue of anything statistical in in support of their defense of what they're protesting or combating. Well, that's the thing, too. Um, yeah, I would bet you anything here in Minneapolis with the Trump rally being tonight. Um, all the people that are supposedly going to be there protesting it. I would love to be able to sit down with a microphone or do a, a, a man in the street uh, with that and ask those people, well, what do you know beyond the headlines? Why are you here? Can I tell you something? And I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah. Would you, if I was with you doing a man on the street and some Antifa dude started, you know, hitting up on you and shit. Yeah. I would probably record it and post it on Facebook. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm and I'd probably tell dude. you, keep that camera rolling. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, it's, it's out of love, bro. It's out of support. Yeah, out of you love. Know? I love, I get that. And, uh, you know, here's where uh, there were these eight uh, Antifa guys out of Scotty, and I had to capture it on film. You got to watch this. Watch this. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I want to so bad. I, I want to go to these protests so bad. Uh, but, you know, me, dude, I'm an emotional guy, right? And yeah. I just, I don't think that, this, you know, the second one of these little bitches get up oh, in man. my shit. I just, I don't think I can maintain my composure I, because I've been watching this shit for a long time. I'm a man of peace, you know, and, and I'm sincere when I say that, even though people laugh when I say it, I don't think I could be a man of peace when one of these masked thugs try to get up in my shit. I don't know if I could contain myself if I saw them burning the flag. And if one came at me, Roberts, I'm going to prison. I'm going to prison because it, it just... We we talked about this yesterday. We, we are building up to this boiling point to even the common sense, rational people that aren't radicalized and just this shit is constantly on their mind. They're just trying to live life. Even people that try to ignore this stuff, they're, they're being forced to hand upon them to get involved because they're getting mm-hmm. sick of the bullshit. And that's that's the point that I'm afraid of is that it's no longer going to be a radical right and a radical left thing. We're going to start going down the centrist line because people even in the middle are getting 
pissed off at both sides of the aisle. Your buddy you were talking about yesterday. Let's yeah. arm up. Let's go to D.C. There's a dude from the left. I got a video I posted on my page that, um, who sent it to me? Um, oh, my God, Rocky. I am losing my mind. But it was okay. about Antifa now working with Islamic groups. And I posted that on Rocky Stucci Media's Facebook page. Um, it's bugging me because I completely, Tracy, Tracy Dyer sent it to me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And then so I uploaded it to Facebook. You know, how can you watch these things and just be like, oh, it's just a bunch of idiots. And then somebody replied, oh, they're gun jam. They must be dumb. That's not the point. The point is, is that we're promoting radicalism. And I think the reason it's escalated to the point it's gotten to is because too many people have been walking with their heads down. And now these people that have been walking with their heads down are starting to say, holy shit, you know what? We need to put a stop to this. And I'm afraid that good people are going to do something stupid and it's going to cost them either their life or potentially being put in prison. Let me ask you a question. The mayor of Minneapolis, do you think that he has incited more possibility for violence than might have existed if he had just shut up? You know, I think that it, it maybe not, you know, possibly he he's encouraging it. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he's, he he's being a political activist is what he's doing. Just like we're seeing a lot of these days, just like we're seeing in our judicial system, we're seeing political activism in our judicial system. When you have a mayor of a city as large as Minneapolis that comes forward and is resisting the president, resist. resist. Nice shoulder work, bro. Thank you. You know, that is encouraging the radical left to resist because they know that they have the support from the guy running their city. When you have the mayor of Minneapolis that at the last minute changes policies on police officers not able to wear their uniform, that is resistance. That is activism. That is not politics. That is not governing your city. That is being a political activist. And when you see the mayor go after the law enforcement, you know, a lot of these people on the left, dude, they're anti-cop. They don't like police officers. So that encourages that behavior as well. So you know what, brother? I think you're right. I think he's a thug. He's a political activist. He should be ashamed of himself. Even if I was the mayor of Minneapolis and I knew Obama was coming into town, as much as I despise Obama, he still he still was the president of this country. We accommodate to that. Whether he's a left or a right or a centrist, no matter what, it is our duty as a civil servant to accommodate the policies of politics within our nation. But once we start to become political activists, then we picked our tribe, then we picked our team, and we also picked our enemy, and he picked the wrong team this time. What's up? Well, you're right. And, uh, you know, I think that that's that's – a microcosm in Minneapolis right now of the greater political scheme that's going on throughout the country. Dude, I guarantee you there's uh, shit being shut down right now on the highways. Right now. Oh, at, yeah. At 11, well, I heard it on the news this morning. 1130 at night. Yep. Punk. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I, but I think this is a microcosm of, of what's going on in the country in general is that it is, it has now become, how can I articulate this? It has be, get, become okay to take the darker side of the issue, to be um, damning of everybody else and to then be able to, I, I'm not articulating that the right way. Um, if for if you look at what the mayor is doing, um, he has changed the uniform law. He has now uh, upped the price of, uh, of security for the president and uh, the, for the administration for doing this rally. 
uh, what, what, what was it? 50 times more than it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And any other time it's been used for anything like this. Uh, and so he's doing this. He's showing his true colors, but that's okay. He gets a pass on it, just like in other things going on with the impeachment uh, debate going on and all that. There is no, by the way, there is no official impeachment inquiry yet. Uh, much to people's chagrin, there's nothing official going on other than other than investigating because it hasn't been voted on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so what the 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 mayor of Minneapolis is doing is he's stepping out and he's making changes in the laws. He's changing the way the city should act. He's doing all of this based on his personal dislike for the president. And that's shining through bright and clear. And isn't this what all these other decisions are? Why isn't there a vote? This is what I'm relating it to. Why hasn't there been a vote for an official impeachment inquiry, a constitutional vote in the house? It's not required, but it has been done every time since we've since we started the Richard. The only two precedents we have set in modern times is Nixon and Clinton. And both times there was a vote for an official impeachment inquiry. And what this does is it opens it up from just the one side making the accusations and running uh, uh, their investigation. It opens it up so both sides can subpoena. Both sides can call witnesses. Both sides can do what's necessary. But in order to do that, uh, you'd have to get a vote in the House, and everybody would have to go on record as to whether or not they wanted official or just left in the hands of the Democrats, uh, which is very telling. This shows you the partisan effort being being played out. Um, it's remaining in the hands of the Democrats now because there is no official vote, and if it was voted against, if it brought, got brought up for a vote, those who were for it would have to decide, am I going to vote for this or against this on an official level? Uh, because that would level the playing field in this whole inquiry thing. Boy, would and they that be would be held sh- accountable Would for they it. be opening up a shit can, shit storm oh, of all the They don't want to do that in an election year. No way. Do they, uh, you know what? You know, when we talk about that word, you know, where two groups of people fight against each other in a country, um, you know, that could be a triggering point when if something ever moved forward and we got to actually under oath question a lot of these Democrats oh, that yeah. are part of this major corruption. This is why the world hates Trump, because the media has taught the world to hate Trump because Trump is exposing the bullshit. And Scotty, you go back, you know, you go back decades when a lot of these people have gotten into office and the longer it's kind of like, it starts out as like the five, the five families, you know, in, in uh, the East coast the five Italian families, sooner or later, there's going to be a dominant family. And when you look at DC, there's probably all these little groups and clicks, you know, decades ago. And this click got bigger. This click got bigger. This click got pushed out. And it's gotten to a point now today to where it is one huge mafioso family, uh, both yep. left and right. And, you know, they bring their own people in. They send other people in their family overseas to be board of directors of all these. Look at the the Genie Corporation in Syria. Go look at the board of directors there. You know, the biggest oil field in Syria, which technically Israel claims is their land in Golan Heights. Um, You got Dick Cheney, Rupert Murdoch. You got all these people on the board of directors. So this is what our political system has created at a global scale. And now you get somebody like Donald Trump. Again, dude, there's a lot of shit he does. It pisses me off, dude. I'm telling you. But oh, when sure. you get somebody like him that comes here 
and he calls a spade a spade. And all these people start getting exposed for this nastiness that has been created all these years. Uh, of course, the world is going to hate him. Of course, people are going to be taught to hate him. Media is going to go after him because he is putting a thorn in what has been created and took decades to build. Uh, yes, I agree. I, I didn't know you were going to stop there. Neither so did I, I but in. it felt pretty good. I, I was a, It was a mysterious pause. What's up? Yeah, it was a, a pregnant pause. It was, bro. So, and yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't like everything Donald Trump does. I don't know if I agree with his move in Syria uh, just the other day. I didn't like the uh, comment he made about Syria. He's saying that the Syria or the uh, Kurds never helped in World War II. It was just like, ooh, dude, not cool, man. That's this not yeah, the right thing yeah. to say right now, man. No, 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 no. You know, because a lot has happened since World War dude. II. Uh, so yeah, it was, it, it's, I would like to know what his justification was for pulling our troops out of there. Was it because he promised to get our troops out and that's all he focused on? Mm. Uh, because, uh, now our troops are over there or are, are not over there anymore. And we see what's happening and in just a couple of days. What's happening? What's well, it going to be like the, six months? There is a special forces officer. Uh, that was been stationed in Syria. He's been working with the Kurds this entire time, and uh, he is he is beyond disappointment because he's he's seen the people that he's worked with all these years. He's seeing them now. I mean, dude, Turkey's there. There's live streams yep. going on right now of Turkey bombing the shit out of Syria. I know. And and you know the soldier is so upset because these are the people that supported us that have have, have shoulder to shoulder in the battlefield. And now he's watching those same people, you know, and, you know, we know a lot of people in the military, that military thing, dude, is a brotherhood. You know, it don't matter really if you're a Kurd or a U.S. Marine or United States Army, if you shoulder to shoulder in battle, that, that creates something, you know, I can only speak for the streets, you know, and, and it's not as, as brotherly love as the military when you refer to the streets, but you know, you don't abandon your brothers. And so yep. when you're in the military and it's about that brotherhood and about that sisterhood, somebody that you fought with to, to, to eliminate radicalization. And now you're seeing those same people getting blown up because of a campaign F and promise. See, you're right, dude. I just, I'm not attacking Trump for it. I disagree with it. I disagree with the fact that right now we're sitting idle and the Kurds that, that, that helped us, even the women that fought for us are now being blown the shit up. So that's right. It's just, this world works weird. And we're constantly on this struggle of reactionary thought process and processing because we're trying to understand something that has been set in place a long before it even became a thought to us. And we're trying to figure out why it happens. We try to understand why the world works. We talk about Israel. Why is Israel the promised land? We talk about the shit going on with the Palestinians. We talk about Middle Eastern affairs. We talk about the indigenous cultures in the United States. We talk about colonialism. We talk about Europeaners and the history of Europeaners or the Dark Ages or the Renaissance. This world is weird, bro. There's always been murder. There's always been massacre. There's always but, been genocide. Yes. But who's driving that? Is it the people of Turkey that want to crush the Kurds in Syria? No. It's a couple of people in power. Government. That have the ability to pull the strings. Yep. And this is where you say, now you look in this country. Many times we go, well, why don't they just rebel against that government and overthrow mm. it? Well, take that into home context. Should we rebel and overthrow our leaders? Well, uh, uh, well, see, well, this is what I'm saying. It's difficult when it when you <laughs> take it home and personalize it. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, should I go in arms up to the Capitol steps 
and leave them all out and uh, take over. Uh, th- that's a difficult thing to do for anybody. Let me ask you this. Uh, what would, what do you think would be a moment in our nation that would, I'm not promoting anything. It's just a question sure, for conversation. Sure. Hypothetical. That, yep. That would unite American people and go after the corrupt government. You know what I'm saying? That would literally storm the government and start throwing these son of a bitches in garbage cans. What would have to happen for that oh, to happen? Boy. I think it's already happened. Uh, I think that there are things that have happened that are a far greater offense than things that we went to war over or civil war, Uh, a difference in policy. Um, You look at the civil war issue, what led the Southern states to economically divide from the union states. It wasn't just slavery. Uh, uh, Slavery was part of the bigger financial issue. Was it part? Was slavery part of it at the initial kickoff of the Civil War, or did it become a political thing? I I know it was political. It was. It had to do with the economics. Mm -hmm. I'm not fully studied up on the Civil War and and all the base causes of it. But and in the economic problem that existed was what would happen to the economy of the South if they were to abolish slavery. So that was part and parcel of the issue. Um, I know in the, we've talked about this many times, it's become almost cliche, the beginning of the American Revolution. What in part sparked the American Revolution? A 4% tax on goods and services. 4%. on just goods and services. So what sparked that? Uh, That was in part of what led to war where we took up a bloody war of arms against the government. Um, so what could happen in this country? I'm not side railing the or sidestepping your, your question. What would have to happen? I think things have already happened that have far exceeded what we've seen us go to war for before. So we, we uh, go ahead. Um, so uh, just in short, in 10 seconds, uh, this year, what could happen? I think if you saw... And again, I'm not predicting, I'm not threatening. It's just a hypothetical in my head. Let's say you see the current sitting president um, removed from office. I think that could spark people to want to go to arms uh, because they're through with it. They're tired of this bullshit. Um, That could spark it. Uh, If the current sitting president remains in office, you might have the same problem. So he has become a fulcrum, if you will, uh, of what could or could not happen in this country. You know, it's interesting how when you reference the Revolutionary War and how the Revolutionary War started because 4% tax hike or 4% taxes on goods. You know, it's weird because you look, you know, what happened to the thought process of people throughout the years to where here now, what, you know, we hear countries being taxed, flat tax of 40%. Uh, you know, our tax rate is right around the 30, 30 plus percent, unless you're a billionaire, of course, then, you know, you don't pay shit. Um, That's right. as a matter of fact, billionaires actually paid a lower percentage in taxes of tax. I rate saw that than I the, saw an article on that yep. just yesterday or yeah. the day before. That's right. Uh, in fact, I think I posted that on the Rocky Stucci media Facebook page. That's probably where I saw it. Um, what happened to where now we accept the fact that we're being raped in taxes? What happens now that we have accepted the fact that we're being raped by the pharmaceutical industry and the the, the medical industry? 
you look at all these different things that we have to pay for, these fees, these fines, these dues, fishing licenses, driver's licenses, taxes, 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 everything is taxed. What changed in the mentality of people from the Revolutionary War days until now to where we've accepted this to be normal and we're totally okay with it, even though people are dying because they have no money to be able to sustain their medical issues, but but we're yeah. still okay with it. What happened, Scotty, with then and now with this, the brain? I, I got to tell you, if I was paying 4% tax in goods and services, I'd be a happy man if that's all I had to pay. But it's a gradualism because once you figure out that you're paying 65% of your money or greater mm -hmm. in tax all across the board, personal income tax, plus what you pay on goods and services, that's when I would say, well, maybe the government does owe me free health care. Right. Maybe the government does, because we already pay 65% of our money to the government. It's all different branches of government, all different city, state, local, uh, all the way up to federal. So uh, I'll say one thing. I know we've got a very short time yep. here. Back to this thing. Uh, I don't know what interview I was watching. It was with a different uh, interviewer. Um, I think it was Joe Rogan. It was somebody he was talking to. And he was just making this point about nations going to war as opposed to leaders of nations going to war. And he said he was sitting with his counterpart that he fought with in Afghanistan. And he said that they were sitting, looking at the scenery, you know, guns on their laps and so on. And he says, he said to him, he says, I hope there's a day when your wife and you can come over here on vacation oh. and visit. And you put it in those terms and you go, wow, because would anybody take a vacation right now to Iran or Iraq or to uh, uh, Afghanistan? No, no, bro. Maybe an archaeologist but or a scientific trip. But uh, he says, I hope your wife and you can come over on a vacation someday. Dude, that's and powerful. This with her. That's powerful stuff, bro. That's the people versus the government. That's right. That's a great point, brother. And that's a great way to end this episode. I don't know, man. I think next week we're going to have to get on some woo-woo stuff, talk some paranormal UFO stuff or something. Uh, I need a little break from I the politics. Some. I know you do. So, folks, with that being said, it is our Friday edition. You can catch the big freaking cannoli Mondays through Fridays on Odyssey One Radio, on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, or go to his YouTube channel, Mr. All Spelled Out, Mr. Scotty Roberts. And you can watch the live broadcast and interact with our YouTube familia. You know what I'm talking about. And so make sure you look up Mr. Scotty Roberts. Click that subscribe and click that bell. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. It's freaking Friday. The face is coming back. We're feeling good. And that's all we got. What to do? This was kind of a mess of a show, but I actually enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it was really all cool. right. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, much love, much respect to each and every single one of you. Do not forget rule number one. Do not take shit from nobody. Love you guys. Have a beautiful weekend. And live long and...